on guard. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome back, all you Bills, Phils, Nannies, and Does, to the Mount Goatmore Cliff Dive Podcast, where we're back week in and week out. Me, Cam, LaRon are exploring the depths of what it means to be the greatest of all time in every single category known to man. We're back this week. Cam, LaRon, how you guys doing this week? Yo, bro, I'm taking angst. On greatness, <laughs> man. I feel like I'm under attack here, but I'm doing good this week. But where's you your weapons like at, bro? Because you are under attack. Because this week we are diving in to the most dangerous Goat More podcast that we've had since our Cryptid podcast. What are we diving oh, into this week, Cam? The greatest video game weapons of all time. Weapons. We're here to do harm in a digital sense to non-real computer AI people and creatures. Animated persons. And we have two lists for you guys today to talk about some great video game weapons as decided by the internet. First up is IGN's list of the top 100 video game weapons ever. We're going with their top seven so as not to spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about 100 different <laughs> weapons. Number seven on this list is the experimental MIRV from Fallout 3. What makes it so great is that it fires eight mini-nukes at a time. Good luck saving up enough money for ammo. Number six is the Pandora from Devil May Cry 4, a box of weapons, you could say. Not a great one. I don't think it's a box. I think it's a blade. <laughs> I thought it was like a gun that could become all different types of guns or something. No, I think that the Pandora blade is the is a I don't know. I'm not I'm not huge into Devil May Cry, but I thought it was that motorcycle blade. Uh let's see. Is a devil arm which Dante obtains that's an actual box and it can transform into six hundred and sixty six Different and devastating forms. Okay, I, I I was wrong. I I thought it was the the motorcycle blade. I think you're thinking about his main one. Yeah, that's the 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 Pandora is something like special, just in one of the games, maybe in more, but I know it's in one at least. I think that would create an argument of why sh- this shouldn't be on the list of iconic <laughs> video game weapons. I would agree. Am I don't know why, but the voice that you were doing put me in the mindset of like I'm playing a video game and I'm selecting my character and the computer is reading to me what the character's weapons are. What <laughs> it is a talk- great voice. What are you talking about? It's just my regular voice, man. <laughs> not, don't I, do I sound like that now? You do not, sir. Weird. I'll continue with the list. Number five from Half-Life, <laughs> the gravity gun, or maybe Half-Life 2, not sure. Number four, from God of War, the Blades of Chaos. Number three, from Turok 2, Seeds of Evil, on N64, the Cerebral Boar. Number two, the BFG 9000 from Doom, or the Doom series, to be more exact. And number one, a surprise to no one, from the Legend of Zelda series, the Master Sword. I think the Master Sword is the only one on that list that had a chance of making my list. 
They, that was a really niche list for the greatest weapons of all time. Blades of Chaos? I wouldn't call that niche at all. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blades of Chaos is another good one. But off of off of Fallout, the Fat Boy is way, way more iconic than like the Super Fat Boy, whatever that one was called, that shoots multiple nukes. Yeah, and they called it the top 100 video game weapons. Like, it's, it's kind of a weird mix of weapons for their damage and their iconic iconic nature gravity gun is pretty iconic but i feel like it was much more beloved back when people thought half-life 3 might be coming like i also think that there's an argument that the crowbar is probably more iconic just from a storytelling sense of the half-life series yeah the gravity gun is way cooler but i think that the crowbar is a little bit more like that's what you use most of the time right here's the thing though like when I, well, I'm not sure when this list was created, but what I do know is that when I was really, really immersed in a video game culture in like the late 2000s and early 2010s, uh, the Gravity Gun was beloved. Anytime you would see these lists or watch G4 or something, and they talked about video game weapons, I remember seeing the Gravity Gun. And it was like thinking about Half-Life 2, every people talked about it they talked about the gravity gun now to the series itself the crowbar is for sure more iconic but i I heard a lot about it back then it's just that's a weird list because it feels like they chose weapons that weren't necessarily iconic to the franchise minus the master sword and the chaos blades unfortunately i can't see when this list was created that would be interesting but hey it is what it is. You guys ready for the next list? Definitely. Let's get it. Screen Rant's 20 most iconic video game weapons ranked. It's from Screen Rant. Number 10 on their list is the crowbar from Half-Life. <laughs> See? <laughs> this always happened. <laughs> Number 9 is the gravity gun from Hat. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I, they, <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it's the energy... It's the energy sword from Halo. Hey, Halo. That's a good one. Number eight, the Blades of Chaos from God of War. Number seven, the Fat Man from Fallout. Yeah. Uh, Look at you being vindicated. Yeah, this list feels better. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because this is from like a movie website and the first list was from a video game website. Yeah, I, I mean, this list feels more iconic. Number six from Castlevania, the Vampire Killer. Oh, that's a good one. Number five from Mortal Kombat, Scorpion's Kunai with Chain. I guess so. I I, I don't really think of Mortal Kombat for its weapons, but I, I guess that is a technical part of the get over here. Number four. From that stupid game that I don't play, The Shells from Mario Kart. <laughs> Number three from Super Smash Brothers, a terrible choice from the game, The Home Run Bat. If it was me, I'd choose the hammer. Like, when I was playing as a kid, the hammer was what did it. You get yeah. that hammer and can just beat everybody. Right. Know. Number two from Duke Nukem, The Shrink Ray. And... Number one from Call of Duty Zombies, the Ray Gun. Duke Nukem made number two on this list. That's <laughs> wild. 
That's yeah. a wild, wild choice. I think this was actually made like maybe recently. Let me check. Maybe no, 2017. So pretty recently. The, yeah, the more recent it is, the more wild that it is that Duke Nukem made number two on the list. That's a that's the wildest choice I think that we've had yet. They had the Master Sword at 18, and at or the Hidden Blade from Assassin's Creed at 12. Interesting list. But I yeah. think ours will be better. Oh, I definitely think so. I've been going first lately. Who you guys got first? So let me go first. And I want to introduce a weapon that not only causes pain. And Cody was going to introduce the weapon, and he was going to go first. But I threw a freaking blue shell, a first oh. place shell, and <laughs> uh, knocked him oh, back. Snap. That stupid blue shell oh, <laughs> made a whole game freaking unplayable. That stupid freaking blue shell. Wow. That that was unexpected. <laughs> I was gonna say the blue shell as well. I I, I knew so, you guys were gonna do this. I knew it. <laughs> this this is the this is the weapon that not only causes pain within the game, but actually ruins friendships in a very monopoly like way. This is a weapon that affects people in the real world. The the first place shell is one of the most devastating weapons in video game history because of its impact on real life effects. Like there's it nothing freaking sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. You don't have there's... to talk about it more. It hurts friendships. Yeah. There's nothing like getting hit with a blue shell when you're playing Mario Kart. I can't really think of a, of an you know equip- what it's like? It's like getting beat by your parents when you didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So this has a very distinct place in our college memories, playing Mario Kart on the Wii. And this was in in a time where where Cam would actually play. And I will never forget the day that he, he got mad. I mean, Mario Kart is chaotic. And there's just so... It's just... It's it's luck and skill and chaos and he he threw the controller down after the game and and he shouted that that Mario Kart was worse than and and he lists off several different like serious diseases and we're like what is going on <laughs> and then he's never played again yeah never. I, I mean the blue shell is literally the video game equivalent of getting smoked in Monopoly or losing on a last second shot in real life basketball there there's nothing quite like dominating and having everything that you've accomplished wiped clean in the middle of a game in an unblockable move as somebody throwing that blue shell and let me set the stage for you so you're in this race it's three laps you're going you're out in front you've used your skill as a driver in the video game to get out ahead and you're on the second lap, and you're really far ahead of the pack. A first place shell comes, boom, it hits you. It's okay, you still remain in first place. But people are catching up to you, so you get on the third lap, you make the last turn, and you can just feel it. You can just feel that it's about to come, and then boom, first place shell comes right before you finish, and then someone passes you at the second at the last. It minute. is Satan it's itself distilled in pixels in a video game, and it's. <laughs> It's way more than feel it. The blue shell has this Jaws type sensation to it because it's the only item in Mario Kart that you can hear coming. Everybody (laughs) hears a blue shell be thrown 
and you're the one person in the race if you're in first place that it affects. Everybody else is joyous when they hear that sound. But if you're in first place and you hear that sound, you know, oh, man, I, I'm done. The, the, it, it's inevitable that you are now about to get hit with the first place shell. And all you're hoping for is that you built up enough of a lead and you're far enough away from the from the finish line that you'll be able to catch whoever passes you. It the inevitability of it makes it such a great weapon and it's just devastating to hear that sound. Just like in Jaws. <laughs> I can't advocate for this weapon. I went through years of therapy so that I didn't hear that noise anymore. And you brought it back up today. Thanks, friends. Um, yeah, I'm and it, and it it's, it even affects your strategy because it's not like guaranteed that it's going to hit you at the end of every you know race. But there would be strategies where you know we would intentionally be in second place going into the third lap, knowing that you know there was a good chance a first place show was coming, so that you could kind of swoop in and and get first. Yeah, what a great pick! That's both mine and Laurent's first pick, and so I guess. As a form of therapy, Cam, move us on with the conversation so we can leave this behind. <laughs> well, I'm going to advocate for a goat more above all. I oh, think wow. we all can easily agree on this. Uh, this is from a 2007 game that I think we've all played. And this is, or how do I put this? The weapon that I'm talking about is the greatest weapon in the history of this game series. It's Chad Johnson in Madden 2007. I think we can all agree that no player has ever been better. He had a 97 rating, and the only reason he wasn't in 100 is because of bias. I, I'm not going to pick it if you guys don't don't agree that it's a goat more above all. I'm not going to uh. pick him, but I don't think there's ever been a greater weapon. Even Michael Vick in 2004 Madden wasn't as good, or Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl. Nobody's ever been better than – 2007 chad johnson how do you guys feel i think you are on a on a on a serious note i'm jealous that you were sneaking in a a a madden pick and i was like how can i make football a part of this list why didn't i think of something like this brilliant i think that you've obviously forgot about miami heat lebron james and nba 2k12 and old Yeah, he was jumping half of the court to steal passes and dunk lobs that that to me is the most broken uh athlete in a video game but you know that's a pretty good weapon i don't know mike vick in the early madden games was is also pretty broken oh no cam it doesn't get go more status so you can't pick it Okay, well, he gets to my honorable mention. I thought this would be easy, but I guess it's not. Instead, I will pick something of maybe even higher greatness for this game and this game series. It's been around since mid-2000s or so, this particular weapon. It is made of metal, and it has an X on its face. It's the greatest Pokemon of all time, the strongest Pokemon of all time, the best looking Pokemon, it's Metagross. And, <laughs> yeah. oh, and Pokemon are weapons. We we actually we discussed whether we should put Pokemon as the Pokeball as a weapon. And Cody was like, no, I think the Pokemon are. And I was like, you know what? You make a good point. And such a good point that I can include the greatest Pokemon, 
for so many reasons, great design, great evolutionary chain, and just amazing to play as. It can beat any other Pokemon in a fight. Great typing. One of the best Megas, Metagross. Could it get any better than that? How do you guys feel? Is this going to be the goat above all? Are we about to agree on this? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's a great point that I made to you that you made to me that the Pokemon in Pokemon are the weapons. It's, uh, you know, at, at its core, it is a child's game that is built on uh, really, really celebrating the age-old sport of cockfighting. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, the, the, every single animal in this world is used as a weapon to attack other people's animals. Um, what a great game. What a great thing to teach our children. And that we have grown up learning and loving the sport of Pokemon animal fighting. Also so kind different of relevant ways. since we've been talking about Michael Vick. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How many different ways are you going to bring up Metagross? In only ways that are appropriate. <laughs> but I'm salty. I'm salty because that's two jokes of mine that I had in mind that you just executed, Cam. So... So well jokes. done, sir. Flawless victory. No <laughs> jokes. All right, who's next? Laron, you used that uh, freaking nasty crust-embedded blue shell, so I think you were first. Okay, so I'll, I'll go with my next pick, and I'm going with the incineration cannon from Halo 4. I mm. There's mm. a lot that I could say about this game and certainly I, i'll talk about my honorable mention now with the the energy sword and the hammer i just remember i mean it's just stapled in you know my college experience playing halo 4 and we get i can't even remember what do you guys remember the 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 area it was i think it's called a drift a drift yes mm. And then, you know, Cody sprints and he gets the, the sword and someone else sprints and gets the hammer. Or uh, he'll get the hammer and someone else sprints and get the sword. And you just run in circles, killing everybody. Well, we still hold to this day the fact that our friend group, um, us three and Matt Bang's cat, we broke that level. Halo, like, patched it, right? Yeah. And they patched it the specifically in a way that we couldn't pull our strategy off. I, I, to this day, believe, I mean, we used to 30 people. And we were level. whooping people, and we were, you know, most people were playing online with friends where they all had full screens. We were divided into four. Into four, yes. <laughs> and, and again, they, they patched the game to where we couldn't run our strategy. I, I still, to this day, I believe that Halo patched the game specifically because of us. Because... Before they patched it, you they changed it to where you couldn't go to the center of the map to get the energy sword, which was our first step. They changed it to a shotgun, which messed up our whole thing. Like, I I believe that we broke the video game Halo, it, and they had to fix the video game because we were so dominant on that. And, it, it, you know, a quintessential part of that was the energy sword. But that's my that's my honorable mention the the incineration cannon. I you know and kind of tracking. I got into I was never into first person shooter games. It was only you know Madden two K only. And so I got into Halo and I was not any good. And then we graduated and I as a graduation gift I bought me an Xbox and bought Halo and then got good. 
and I used the incineration cannon and it was the only time. So you get, you get the weapon and it's a one shot kills, whatever it, you know, whatever it touches. And I went, you know, it, you get 10 bullets and then it'll respawn. And so, you know, you can pick up if you, if you get, if you don't die, then you can, you get the weapon, get your 10 kills and go get, you know, reload the ammo. And I went 27 and one Ooh. in one game. That was the, you know, the best, the best game that I, that had, I didn't get the 30 but uh, man, it was, it's just, it's such a good weapon. I mean, you, you just, I've got a little 10 year old for cussing you out, man. <laughs> 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 just running around like shooting and it's just automatic one hit KO. <laughs> That's great. That reminds me of D Gates noob tubing back in the day on Call of Duty oh, 4. That's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. The king of noob tubing and, and camping, D Gates. Oh, we really did have a lot of fun playing Halo 4. And it's kind of unfortunate. What you're kind of, or Laurent is alluding to, is that after we all graduated, he started playing by himself and he got really good at it and we never played again. <laughs> That's yeah, a sad yeah it, it's really unfortunate too because we used to play really, really well, and Laurent was always the he came into it late, and so we trained him up, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. when he finally got really, really good, we had stopped playing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so I that's a great pick. Um, I desperately, desperately wanted to do the energy store sword. But since we already touched on the reason why the energy sword is great for us personally, there's a more iconic sword in video games that I wanted to to add to my list. And it's the Keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. I don't think that there's a more iconic sword. Maybe there's more important swords, like the Master Sword from Zelda. But I've never seen anything like the Keyblade. And the whole Kingdom's Heart series is kind of based on the imagery that the Keyblade conjures up. Still to this day, Kingdom Hearts is actually the first real video game that I owned on the PS2. I remember getting the PS2 for Christmas and then getting Kingdom Hearts along with it. And I'd never seen the game before. And it became such a classic game for our generation. You still go to Comic-Cons to this day and you can purchase Keyblades. And that kind of iconic imagery of this blade with this handle, but shaped as a key, is so intrinsic and tied to our childhood that I, I do think, at least in my life, it's the most iconic sword that i've seen in video games or otherwise there's just nothing else that looks like it you know you've never seen it before you've never seen it after and then kingdom hearts did such a good job of making different versions of it but that quintessential keyblade that you first get is just so tied and rooted to my childhood video game playing that it had to make my list it's like a perfect weapon just the idea of it, like a key, but a blade, but it's also blunt mostly, but it just the design of it, the silver hand or the silver key and the gold handle and the use of it. Like you said, all the different forms it can take. I played Kingdom Hearts. I'm not sure. I don't remember getting it. I'm, I think I got it from from Donnie, 
who I went to <laughs> elementary or middle elementary school with, and I traded him some game for it. And I was like, this is the greatest crap I've ever played. Like, why didn't I know about this? And uh, it was just, it was well used in the plot. To me, the series Kingdom Hearts has become just one of the weirdest things ever. I play the games and I'm just like, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. But the Keyblade remains great. And one of my favorite moments from the first game, it came out 18 years ago, so spoilers, I don't care. But when Mickey comes out with like a reverse one, where the blade is gold and his handle is silver. And it's like, man, Keyblades are just so cool. Yeah. They're just so iconic. And it, I feel like as bad as the series is sometimes, and I, I hate the fact that, like, they decided instead of just doing sequels on PlayStation systems or just doing them on a couple different systems, like PlayStation and Xbox and GameCube, they would just release them on five different handheld systems at a time. Yeah, and not make Kingdom Hearts three for fifteen years, but I still feel like it's it's remained beloved by people because of you know it's not Sora's weird design; it's the Keyblade. It's how cool the Keyblade is. Well, it's that, and it's right from the cover, right before you mm-hmm. even play the game. You have Sora holding this Keyblade that you've never seen before, and the silhouette of a keyhole behind them. It's just, to me, this is like video game iconic weapon peak, right? This whole game is kind of built around this idea. And I I can't, truly, I can't imagine video games without imagining Kingdom Hearts. And, And maybe some people have never played it and they have a different reality. But at least for my experience with video games, that's kind of the start of me playing high level video games and what built my love to it. I wonder if it's a little cooler in game because I'll speak for those people. I've never played it and I didn't know what the keyblade was. So I had to look it up and I mean, I, I guess it's, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, you got to come to the comic con with us, bro. We'll get you one. You yeah. feel that heftiness <laughs> and the, the weight of all these Disney worlds protection on your shoulders and you'll understand well and and it's a good point Laurent, because it to me that's the stuff that kind of elevates this you know the fat boy doesn't make my list because yes shooting a nuke is a cool video game idea but i've seen a gun before right and i've seen a sword before i've seen these things before so that stuff doesn't stand out but to you it would be like the first time you saw a pokeball what's a pokeball to imagine that in our real world it's kind of a dumb thing but in the sense of pokemon it's the icon it's the thing that that creates this world the whole world's created around containing these animals and these little pokeballs that's a good point and so i i think that to me that's what elevates it is it's a little bit more than just a weapon. It's the icon of the series, and and that's why it made my list. It did not make my list. I thought about it. It's in my honorable mentions. What did make my list, I, I guess, since... Did you do... Do you have a blade on yours, Laron, by chance? No, okay. I don't. Then I'll go ahead and do my blades as well. They're the Blades of Chaos mm. from God of War, and they represent, really, what makes... God of War is such a great game, especially, well, 
let's say the first one and this new one, because the Blades of Chaos are actually not in God of War 2 and 3. He replaces them with the Blades of Athena, but he has to, well, I've already spoiled it. Yeah. But in the, he, he, okay. I don't even know what to do with this as far as spoilers. I, I can't I think not that spoil it. Yeah, it's been old enough that people should know, right? Yeah, well, the thing is that in the first game, he is fighting this barbarian king and he's losing. And so he finally, he's been, you know, Ares has been like, yo, be my guy, Kratos, for years. And he finally is like, okay. And what Ares does is he sears these chains on Kratos' arms and gives him these blades attached to him. And he's he can basically, you know, they're seared to his arms, but he can extend the, the chains out to create more links for the blades and attack with them and and dig them into enemies' flesh. Oh, this is getting morbid. And like you and bring the enemies closer to them. So they're really, really they're really versatile. And they're also really iconic. There was nothing like them in games before. You've seen chains, we've seen blades, but we haven't really seen them put together. And the fluidity of the combat in God of War just made them instantly iconic. But what they represent, they're this first step in Kratos becoming the ghost of Sparta. He's not the ghost when he puts them on. But, you know, they're etched into his skin, which is foreshadowing. And this is a spoiler for sure, but it's 15 years, so I don't care. It's foreshadowing what's going to happen that since he's given into his rage, what happens is that Kratos goes into a godly rage through Ares and uses these weapons to kill his family. And he doesn't know what's happening, but he kills his wife and daughter. And so the ashes of his wife and daughter are attached to his skin. And that's why he's ghostly white, why he's the ghost of Sparta, his family's ashes. And so just like these blades, it's this constant reminder of what war and anger has done to him, but also that he can't really let go of it because it's the only way he can get the revenge he needs. And it's a motif that reappears in one of the most powerful scenes of the new God of War, Mm -hmm. where he thinks he can get away from the God he used to be and from Godhood in general, and he can't. He's Kratos. He is the ghost of Sparta. Uh, He's not in the Greek pantheon anymore, but he is still in the pantheon. And it's just, to me, the God of War series is among the greatest in gaming history, and the Blades of Chaos are, I don't think they're emphasized as much as, say, like the Master Sword, but I feel like they should be, because I think the story that's been told through God of War, not just the new one, because this is not like they they had to change stuff. Kratos sort of changes, but the whole point is that he doesn't, and it's uh, really powerful. Yeah, I mean, there they are so involved in the story right in the development of the character that they become more than just a weapon they're storytelling uh mechanism and it's really impressive when this new god of war has taken a whole new look on not being so just directly tied to violence and revenge it's you know a father-son kind of redemption story but the chains still are burned into his skin and the blades are still prevalent in the story that um i do agree that this is the most iconic thing of the god of war 
Uh, the reason why I left it off is only because God of War pushes this idea of replacing them with other weapons. And I don't want to say that it takes away from the storyline, right? Because they are very, very involved and important to the storyline. But I do... There's, for some reason, video games lose the idea of the Blades of Chaos. Even though Zelda and Link have this idea with the Master Blade. Like, you don't use the Master Blade through the whole game. But for some reason, there's something tied to the Master Blade that makes it almost more iconic or important. It, you know, the MacGuffin, I guess, part of it that that creates this idea that it is tied so solely to this game that I don't and I don't really know why the blades lose that. But for some reason, you mean you when know, Kratos just uses different weapons like he the Cestus and stuff? Yeah, I, I just, you know, gamer lore, it, it just doesn't feel so tied to lore. And that's the only reason I left it off. You know, I, I, I would argue that people that have played the modern, um, the modern version of God of War think that the Leviathan axe is more important just because of cool wow factor. And you know, it, it's a little bit of a shame that that would get lost, but that's that's the only reason I left it off. Other than that, I I completely agree with what what you brought up. For me, I think that its appearance in this newest game is what really put it over, because yeah. you know he gets rid of him in the second game because he goes from being a an agent of Ares to being an agent of Athena. But this reminder of who he is and why he is this thing. You know, he can't be Athena's agent and being Athena's agent was never enough. And that's why he has to go back to the Blades of Chaos. And I haven't been in the God of War like online community in a while, but I remember a lot of people really feeling like, man, I like this Leviathan axe, but the Blades are, I was really happy to go back to them. And I think that was a sentiment for a lot of people. Yeah. And it definitely yeah. was for me as well. I like I liked having both. And I think all of the God of Wars give you different weapons, but I don't think any of the games did as good of a job of making them feel as synergistic as God of War the modern one has. And and I also I, I do think that this is a great pick um for video game weapons. Cool, cool, cool. I, I don't I don't know if you all have picked up on this or not. I'm not a huge gamer. Uh, but the images, this one, whereas I'm looking at the keyblade and I'm like, eh, the blades of chaos look pretty dope. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, they like, are. I could, I could envision like using those and uh, like having replicas, replicas of that, and uh, just like hanging it up. Like if you're a big God of War fan, like I, I they look really cool. Or earrings, that would be pretty cool. Like yeah. hanging from your ears. <laughs> I'm not an earring guy, but if I was. Or nose rings. Two blades of chaos hanging off of your noses. <laughs> You've got that middle part pieced and they're like... <laughs> I just, I don't get it. Like, isn't that awkward when you sneeze? <laughs> if you have something hanging? As someone who struggles with allergies, I couldn't have a nose piercing. No. <laughs> I'm just thinking the middle the middle part pierced and then they both hang down like a Fu Manchu. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. 
All right, you're you're next though, right, Laurent? Yes, yes. So I'm back up. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to set the scene for you all. You're you're in battle, guns and ammo is flying, and you're you know you're trying to survive. You're trying to defeat the enemy, and all of a sudden, a random chicken is flying in the air, and you pause. You put your gun down and you look, and then it freaking explodes and you die. That is the cluck shot in Gears of War 3. I don't know much about the game. <laughs> but this idea that you have a rocket launcher that's disguised as a freaking chicken, <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. And you get the element of surprise. There's not much else you need to say. So I, I love... This reminds me of one of my honorable mentions, which is from the South Park game. It's not chick... Well, the South Park game has a lot of weapons like this, but they're not like, you know, in Gears of War, it stands out. In South Park, the, the N64, when all the weapons are like this, and one of them is a cow launcher. It's a rocket launcher that shoots cows, and they leave farts in the background. And the other <laughs> one, the sniper rifle in the game literally shoots chickens. And when you shoot at it, they bacock! And it's just, it's just great. Well, it's and it's it's funny. I I love this pick for a way different reason. Chickens attacking is kind of all video game lore, right? Video games pay homage to this idea that early on in our 8-bit games, we had a Zelda game where the developers didn't really want you attacking chickens too much. So if you attacked chickens a bunch, all the chickens would swarm and attack you and kill you, right? <laughs> this is a very, very famous video game lore idea. And there's a lot of video games that pay homage to this idea. And you're touching on one with Gear Gears of War. This is almost a direct uh, paying homage to this idea. But just like Cam said with the cows, you know, The Witcher has this idea where people spammed killing cows all the time and then a giant cow demon would come and it's the hardest <laughs> thing in the game and it would just come and annihilate you. I love this idea in video games that we have kind of a deep-rooted appreciation for game developers not wanting you to destroy the world and so they create these deadly weapons out of uh, innocent animals like chickens and cows and then really violent video games in humor pay homage to this idea by creating weapons that are literally shooting chickens and cows. I, lo <laughs> I love this pick. The cluck shot, mark it in there. Etch it in the mountain. When I was doing research for this list, and it's not on my honorable mention, but I want to mention it. There's a game like Red Faction Armageddon, maybe. I know there's Red Faction Guerrilla. I don't know. It's one of the Red Faction games, but the it was the most bizarre weapons, and it was a unicorn that you hold in your hand, and it shoots rainbow blasts from its rear end, and I thought that was pretty <laughs> amazing. From but it's just the theme of animal weapons is pretty funny. Also, kind of only something that can be done in a video game, which is... I don't know. I'm sure PETA doesn't like it, but rather in video games than in real life. Right. It's that it's that, um, you know, celebration of violence that you shouldn't do in real life. Kind of the outlet, the healthy outlet that doesn't actually hurt. In, no chickens, uh, cows and unicorns have been hurt 
during the filming of this podcast. I was going to say uh, a unicorn that shoots rainbows out of its Uranus from our last episode. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great pick, Laron. So for my next pick, I, I was... I was trying to think of video game weapons that more so or less impacted the game that they were in and more impacted the culture of video games. And I couldn't think of a weapon in video games that impacted the culture of Comic-Cons and of cosplay and of just general people trying to be video game characters in real life as Assassin's Creed's. Uh, hidden blades the blades that shoot out from your palms this was something that affected video gamers in the same way that Heath Ledger's Joker affected cosplayers of movies where every single person who did a little bit of parkour and maybe once in a while wore a robe thought I really need a, a blade that shoots out of my palm (laughs) <laughs> that I can stab somebody without anybody knowing. Um, I think that in our modern video game times, we forget the impact that that first Assassin's Creed really had on the industry, where it kind of revolutionized video games in a way, adding these parkour mechanics, adding these stealth mechanics, and these open-world mechanics but also aesthetically it really changed the way that people looked at video games and it brought in this era of not giant bulging muscles larger than life characters but these assassins and draped in robes and one huge thing that really really helped push that is the idea of somebody not holding a sword but having a blade that was hidden. And I just remember the impact that that had on kind of the video game industry and kind of nerd culture, this blade that shot in and out of your hands. It was just so unique. And I mean, people grasp onto that so quickly and so firmly. You still see people dress up like Assassin's Creed's Assassins. Oh, it's just, it's, it works because it's, it's realistic and it's simple. It's that simplicity, it's the simple idea with the perfect realization of it. I love it. My favorite Assassin's Creed, just so you Bills, Phils, Nannies, and Does know, is Assassin's Creed 4, the pirate one. What other yeah. one could it be? Black Flag is, yes. is great. Who want, Who doesn't want to be a pirate? I've not had a system to play those like in a while, but Assassin's Creed is always a game. It's like, oh man, I want to play that game. Like it looks cool, and like you said, the simplicity of it uh, is is appealing. There's just, a collection or two on the Switch. You should get them. Ooh, it doesn't play as well on the Switch. I'll warn you, it, <laughs> it plays way better on the PlayStation. <laughs> just ahead of time, um, the processing power isn't as high. But yeah, I I just. I, I When I was making this list, I was really thinking weapons that had real-world impacts, right? You know, um, we listed the internet list, and it's like, how many times have you seen somebody dress up as a cosplayer with a fat boy or with a, the chicken gun? You know, I've never seen it. But 
it, we've been to many Comic Cons, and a staple of Comic Con is people dressing up like Deadpool, people dressing up like Spider Man, people dressing up like Harley Quinn, yeah. and I promise you, people dressing up like Assassin's Creed's assassins. And it, it's, I, you know, the whole look and the whole feel is kind of based on this weapon of deceit and assassinating it's just hiding the weapon in plain sight that's so cool and so iconic for that weapon i have a weapon for my next one that i'm not sure if you guys know about it but it's pretty for the destiny community it is by far the most iconic weapon and as someone who played the original destiny for the first year i was both inside and outside of this weapons i only got a little bit of the taste of its power uh, at the for the first maybe six seven months of Destiny's existence, it the game basically revolved around having it. You would go on these uh, looking for game websites, and if you didn't have it, they would not accept you to to play with them to go on raids because the way Destiny works is the highest level content are these really difficult raids where there's high level intensive mechanics. And it's really important, like on traditional MMOs, but a little muted. But it's important to have high DPS, which is damage per seconds. And the gun called Gjallarhorn. Gjallarhorn. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But it's based on the horn that Heimdall blows in Greek or in Norse mythology, which is to herald the end of the world. And it's uh, it's it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautifully designed rocket launchers, I think, in any game's history. It's this white. It has, uh, so like the cannon of it is black, and then it has like the, the accessories around the cannon, like the sights and all that are white with gold trim. And the gold trim looks like a wolf. It's just freaking crazy great looking. But the story behind all this in Destiny, if you did not have it, people would not want to play with you. And in the first week of Destiny, it went on sale. There's this guy, he's a merchant, and he comes once a week called Zer. And Zer had Yallerhorn the first week, and you needed to have a certain amount of strange coins to buy it. But uh, nobody thought, they were like, oh man, this gun sucks. Uh, save it for something next week. Uh, the, because I don't, I don't understand why, because the features of it is that it has a bunch of cluster rockets that shoot as well and tracks which are like perfect DPS features, but they thought because it's exotic, with exotic weapons, you can only hold one at a time. They thought other weapons would be more important to have as exotics. And so nobody got it that first week, but a handful of people. And then everybody realized this is the greatest weapon in this entire freaking game by a thousand. And so there was just this push to get it, but it never returned to Zer's store until almost the end of the season. And so I got it like two weeks before it returned to the store, which meant, you know, it was basically useless by that point. Like everybody had figured out how to beat the raids and the high level content without it. But there were guys who never got it, you know, never got what is known in games like Destiny as luck from RN Jesus, which is the <laughs> random number generator system. But it's uh, I don't know if any game for me, like the history of my gaming has ever produced so much longing in my heart. I wanted it so bad. I played so long to try to get this weapon, and it took me forever. And when I finally got it, I was elated. 
and then it was in their store two weeks later. So it's just <laughs> the story of uh, if you find anybody who played Year One Destiny, I bet Matt did. He would understand kind of the the whole Gallarhorn system or the, the whole Gallarhorn story. I'll I'll tell you, this is the coolest rocket launcher I've ever seen. I I have never played um, Destiny, so I I did not know this pick. I, just down to like the grip has like the old Maloran grip for a hammer it, it with the like leather braiding it, it's mm-hmm. it's really spectacularly designed right um but i i don't I, i've never played destiny so i i i have no idea about the lore behind it but well there, you know there's a lot of lore you would love destiny it, it kind of sucks that you haven't had a system to play it right but like every weapon has crazy lore behind its original design and the lore behind this one is that there are these lords of the there was this event that happened i'm not a a destiny historian by any way but there's three different types of uh guardians there are the warlocks the hunters and titans and the Titans they they had a bunch of villains aliens of some sort that were trying to kill them all and they had this stand at some place and if, if i'm getting this wrong just send us an email and correct me and whatever. But <laughs> they, the one like this was basically modeled after this event. And there were a lot of weapons that came through that. But uh, this is one of the most beloved one. And so it has this really cool lore behind it, but it also just looks amazing. And it conjures up this image of, you know, this ancient Norse mythology, which in that game would be thousands and thousands of years before. Everything just comes together to create one of the most impactful weapons for this little period of time uh, to ever grace multiplayer shooters. To touch on your, you know, your story that you shared, I think one really good way to kind of amplify the legendary status of something is to limit its accessibility. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you have situations like that, like you said, it makes wanting it so, so desirable and, and work, having to work so hard to get it, you know, makes it, you know, more, uh, you appreciate it better. For sure. I like it. I'm with Cody with the design. Like I, I, I'm not a destiny player, but the rocket launcher looks pretty, pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. And destiny has been out for six years now with destiny one and two, and they've never had a rocket launcher that has looked as good. They've had many good looking guns of every type, but definitely lasted the test of time or whatever that, that anecdote says and the test of time thank you very much yeah (laughs) (laughs) so am i up for my last one yes sir perfect so this this last weapon that i have is called the sheepinator from a game (laughs) ratchet and clank Mm -hmm. honestly i don't know what the game is and when i read about the weapon i didn't want to read any more about the game because i wanted to know as little as possible but this idea (laughs) that you go around shooting your enemies and turning them into sheep. I have the psychological toll that it does on it because sheep are like some of the dumbest animals on the planet and they have, they have to have a shepherd to be able to survive. So you humiliate the enemy by turning it into an animal that has to have you to survive. Not only that, but if you get this weapon to level 10, it becomes the goatinator. And it turns them into goats. How could that not be on the Goat More podcast? Yes, that's a great, that's a great, Amazing. great one. 
Yeah, that's an amazing point. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank is a standard PlayStation gaming, right? It, it comes from a period of time where that duo make mechanism in gaming was really, really popular. You had a bunch of um, games that came out with that sort of um, uh, uh, band, band, Banjo and Kazooie and, and those types of games. Jack and, and so, Baxter. Yeah, yeah. I I love I love this pick. It it's a pick from pick from our past, but also a pick from our future, right? Well, the thing is, Ratchet and Clank is still coming out, but their whole marketing when we were young in the mid two thousands was based on having crazy weapons. And they had a lot of commercials actually specifically about the Sheepinator. And in fact, I didn't know about the Goatinator, but they also have the black Sheepinator. And when you turn them into a sheep, they blow up. That's the gimmick <laughs> of that one. But there's there's probably a dozen super funny, super creative Ratchet and Clank weapons that could have made it. I'm happy you chose them on the list. What do you mean by our future, though? Oh, because it's on the PS5, the new one coming yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. that's what that's what I was saying. That's, that's a call to my past, but a call to our future with the PS5. So... Hopefully, um, we'll have some some sheep guns and goat guns in the in the future with Ratchet and Clank on on the new system. Think of how good it's going to look to be able to turn everything into a sheep and it follow you around in this new system. <laughs> We're not sponsored by PS Five, by the way. But I I'm wish for it. please Sony, please get a sponsor. <laughs> so also, and maybe you'll get a sponsor because of this story. I have one last little story. Ratchet Deadlocked was the first online game I ever played in my entire life on my own system. When we finally got online and I had a PlayStation 2 and connected it with the Ethernet cable, I played Ratchet and Clank Deadlocked and I never got a single kill. I was so, so horrible <laughs> at it. It wasn't like I was horrible at games, but I realized that there was like a whole play style that I just did not understand for this game. But it's a historic game for me. Yeah, you didn't use enough sheep gun. And <laughs> and also Sony, send us all PS5s, man, and and we'll we'll put you on some goat mores, we'll review some games for you. We we would appreciate the support from from our PS5 community cuz uh we've all been wanting one and we haven't been able to get one. <laughs> well, Sony, well, I'll give you one one more story just to show you how much, you know, Cameron cares about his PS his PS gaming systems. <laughs> we were in college and <laughs> we went to Cam's, we were in Cam's room and <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even get this out. <laughs> we're playing, Cam is moving furniture around and he moves his couch and the <laughs> it's a strong. USB cord. <laughs> Cameron moved his couch, and while he moved his couch, he accidentally pulled his PS3 off of uh, the stand and <laughs> fell to the ground and just oh, smashed. my effing PS3! <laughs> <laughs> it was heartbreaking. It was also uh, for all, all our bills, fills, nannies, and does out there. Uh, Leron loves laughing at other people's pain. <laughs> so this is this is uh we we might have to make a goat more of funniest 
sad moments in life for LeBron to to really go ahead. Oh, man. Also, and this is the most important part of the story. My PS3 purchased in 2009 is still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Still works. It, yeah, and it works through that. Yep. Yeah. So for my next pick, we've talked a little bit about uh, hammer imagery. And I wanted to throw back to what Cam said on the internet list. My pick is the hammer from Super Smash Brothers. Good man. <laughs> the most iconic weapon in Super Smash Brothers. It's also an iconic weapon from Donkey Kong and the yep. Donkey Kong series. So it crosses over two huge, huge series in Nintendo and is the iconic weapon in both of those. Uh, the home run bat is nowhere near as devastating as the hammer in Super Smash Brothers. And it, it's honestly insulting that any any list would list the home run bat before it because in the same sense as the blue shell where there's just an inevitability to your opponent getting it. When your opponent has the hammer in Super Smash Brothers, you're just kind of tossing up a life, right? right. You you know that you're going to get hit out of the park. And what you are trying to do is waste time before you lose that life and then just sit on the platform until it runs out. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else like it in the game. The home run bat comes nowhere near it because you can dodge and you can maneuver around the home run bat, but it it takes all strategy out of the game to where you're just kind of accepting your fate and you just kind of say, I'm going to lose a life. I just don't want to lose two or three lives, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's that's the quintessential thing when it's doing the buck, 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 and it's just kind of chomping you down. Just like Jaws in all the Jaws movies. <laughs> and it's just so perfect for like a party game for right. one player to get it and just cause havoc for everybody else <laughs> around. And it makes that, like you said, with the horrible, horrible thing that you guys mentioned first, it has its own little music too, if I yeah. remember correctly. Well, it, it, and it cuts all the background music out to where mm -hmm. it's just doing the hammer music. And you're just like, oh, great. Now I'm going to lose a life. You just hope it's not your last life, right? Right. Yeah, yeah great, it, great choice. Uh, I'm, ha I'm happy you brought that up. I, you didn't say much about it when I mentioned it, so I thought there might be a chance. But for sure, that's the most uh, of the weapons that can drop from the sky. And Super Smash, I remember being a kid. I didn't even know what half of the stuff did, like the tomatoes and stuff. I was just so stupid as a kid. But I knew <laughs> what that hammer did, and you know that. <laughs> yeah and it and it's just one of those things when the item drops everybody just stops what they're doing and tries to get it because you know that um uh you know that it's going to be what makes or breaks the game and mm -hmm. it it goes back to donkey kong too right because it, it was the devastating part of that donkey kong series so a weapon that spans multiple different series. I, I, I just, I can't understand how you would pick the home run bat over it. It, it. it certainly made my list. Super Smash Brothers is one of those games that more than any other game, I, I wish that I liked it because so many people like have, you know, staple memories of playing it. And I just, I never played it as a kid. We never had it. And I recently got it 
as in like a year ago and I just couldn't get with it. I, I'm, at this point, it's probably too late for me, uh, but it's one of those games that you have to play in a group. And we've we tried to play on the Switch oh, online with it. The impact of that game in real life and seeing people... It's the same as Mario Kart, right? Half right. the, half the, the fun of it... Well, half the fun of it is experiencing other people's pain. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and that that's kind of the the thing with those party games, you know, is it, it is fun to have people be real salty about the fact that you knocked them off the board with the hammer. And it, it's just... It it doesn't impact as well uh, when you're not in the same room as people. Also, if you're listening, Nintendo, please add voice chat to your game so at least we can get something. Right. Like, like we shouldn't have to use our phones to chat with our friends while playing games. We might play your Super Smash Brothers if you had that. So don't send us money unless you really want to. But maybe <laughs> do add in voice chat. And send us money. <laughs> yeah, send us money. Forget that. <laughs> uh, do you have one left, Cam? Or, or I got one more pick. Okay. It is the most destructive weapon in video game history, capable of destroying entire towns, in fact, entire cities, entire countries. It is the Katamari from Katamari Damacy. <laughs> it can be as small as a little thumbtack or as big literally as big as a city itself and this little dude just rolls it around all over the place and the the way the game works is you have to use this guy to roll this ball around and the ball will collect stuff and the more stuff it collects it can collect bigger stuff and eventually you're collecting people and buildings and cars and entire structures and by the end of the game you're literally using it to collect countries and continents on earth and the whole point of it is because your father and you're a little alien but your father is the king of the cosmos and he takes these katamaris that you create and throws them into space to become (laughs) to become stars that's how stars are actually created so neither timon or pumbaa was correct in the lion king but it's it's hilarious because there's people just walking around and they're running away f- afraid from you. And you're just this little cute alien guy rolling them up into a ball and with these stupid Katamaris that can stick anything to them as long as they are the correct size. I don't think there's anything more destructive on Earth. I, I like this pick a lot. It's funny to me because uh, I was just on the phone with you the other day and Megan Goatmore was uh, <laughs> playing this game and you were describing it to me and she had just rolled up a giant squid and <laughs> she was super, super hyped about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's completely a destructive force. Um, I did not think to to put this on my list, but that's a pretty good pick. Thank you, sir. Have you heard of this, Laurent? I have not, but it sounds pretty fun. It's, it it looks more fun than it, like, the more I look at it, it's like, it's kind of difficult to actually do this. <laughs> it looks like it would be really easy, but controlling that little guy is a little challenging. But it's on so, a Switch. You might want to look into it. Yeah, it's like the modern version of the worm game that you would play on... Um, on the computer way back in the day where the snake was eating the apples and getting bigger and bigger. 
it's like a more creative version of that of that game it, it it's pretty boring but <laughs> megan goat more likes it so i i certainly support her love of it and it is a destructive weapon um so i i support it on on your goat more it was truly beloved like that game was seen they were like wow what is the studio gonna do next after that game came out back in the mid 2000s and they made a couple more katamaris and then another game afterwards but something cool about it is the whole theme of that game and him rolling it up is about consumerism in the world and so that was the whole thematic thing he was going for and And calamari is something that i love to consume as well mentioning uh giant squids i i love to eat calamari i've never had it but just a fun fact for all you bills you would, you, would be, you would be one of those i could read if you grew up in a different country and culture you'd be one of those that i read about people that try to swallow like a live squid <laughs> and they've died because like the suction cup stuck on their throat and they like <laughs> choke. Oh, that is not that crazy it, <laughs> yes that's, that... that's real life you can look it up cam calamari is not that crazy man it's little little tiny it, it's smaller than an onion ring can't you just like eat a stick of butter to get it off? Because <laughs> no, it's alive. And so it's like trying to not get eaten. People. Well, yeah. And then you just you, you just drink really hot coffee and it burns <laughs> it off of you. I mean, you only have not that much time to think and when something's stuck in your throat. Yeah, I'm just saying. Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, do the whole recap for our listeners. Yeah, we got LeBron. Yes, yeah, so I've got the infamous blue shell, the incineration cannon, the the cluck shot, and the sheepinator. And the list is just so perfect, I don't need any honorable mentions. So for mine, I got the blue shell from Mario Kart. I have the hidden blades from Assassin's Creed, the keyblade from Kingdom Hearts, and the hammer from both Super Smash Brothers and Donkey Kong. Um, for my honorable li- mention, I had a, a couple. I had um, the Shelby Goatmore pick of, of this one would be the Ray Gun from Call of Duty Zombies, the real game-breaking Ray Gun. Um, going back into my video game time machine to one of the first games I ever played, the Golden Gun from GoldenEye, the first one-shot kill in video games. And then... Uh, LeBron had a Gears of War, but I wanted to mention the Mark II Lancer, which is the chainsaw gun from Gears of War. I remember when that first dropped, it blew my mind. That game is one of the games that truly blew my mind because people were just... I I was so bad at it. It just (laughs) felt like I just kept getting chainsawed by every single person, and I could not figure out how to... (laughs) had a melee on that game for the first like 20 games that i played all right my list i had oh i'm cam i had the blades of chaos from god of war the gallerhorn from destiny metagross from pokemon great pick and the katamari from katamari damacy and my honorable mentions are chad johnson and Carson Palmer from Madden, <laughs> the Master Sword from The Legend of Zelda, the Keyblade, the Celestial Brush from Okami, one of the most creative weapons ever, the Terrence and Philip dolls from the South Park game, which you can throw and they act as fart grenades, 
and from Perfect Dark, the DY357LX, which is their version of the Golden Gun with a little more flavor, and the Farsight, which is a sniper rifle that can see through walls. Oh, also the laptop gun, which is disguised as a laptop, but you can use and throw into corners of the room as a turret. Lots of weapons. The, I lied. I got one more. I got an honorable mention. The whatever. I don't know if it's the the dagger of time or the sands of time and, and Prince of Persia. Whatever. I think it's the dagger of time. It allows you to rewind time. I, I loved that game. Yeah, that's a great. That's a really really great pick. I I didn't I didn't think of that pick, but really cool game mechanic to that one too. To to be able to rewind time, but another great list. Another dangerous list from us i'm sorry that you guys had to had to sit through all that hyper violence but certainly we do enjoy our digital weapons and we've enjoyed bringing you guys another list this week all you bills fills nannies and does thank you guys so much for all the support you've given us we've really enjoyed putting this podcast together if you have any picks that you want to mention to us or any support that you'd like to send our way, please reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website. We love hearing from you guys. Um, and we've really, really enjoyed the support that you've given us week in and week out. Yeah, be easy. We'll see you next time. Stay great. Keep on. <laughs>